Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Presented by AfterBuzz TV and hosted by Hall of Fame superstar Sean X-Pac Waltman, this is X-Pac 12360. And now your host, WWE Hall of Fame superstar Sean X-Pac Waltman. Hey everybody, welcome to X-Pac 12360. Welcome to X-Pac 12360. <laughs> this is the ASMR episode. You're fucking it up, Ty. <laughs> God damn it. We just need something now to tap. You too. <laughs> Stop. Welcome to Xbox One Two Three Sixty. Today we're going to talk about I don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about actually. Denise, what are we going to talk about? All right. That was my. Well, of course, Ty spoiled it for everybody. <laughs> God damn. It's my ASMR. M S I A M P R. It was very unexpected. I don't think we knew what to expect. We just started hearing, you know, I was like, okay, we're going to go run with this. But what, you, what I was going to say was that you needed the little tapping thing now if you really want to do some ASMR. Exactly. <laughs> Special edition for the listeners. All right, but let's go. Yin Yang twins were fucking doing AMSASPMR way back in the day. With the whisper song? Absolutely. Wait till you see my dad. Right? It's a good song, absolutely. Hey, Denise, what's going on? All right, guys, so I'm going to go ahead and start off the news, but it's not really easy to talk about this one, you know, so we're just going to go ahead and just jump right into it. So on Thursday, Harley Race passed away at the age of 76 years old. He was battling lung cancer, and essentially last month he was hospitalized while traveling to Knoxville Fanboy Expo, and we found out the news on Thursday. And one of the... I mean, I don't know exactly, not one of the cool things, but one of the things that did happen was that WWE did pay for the medical flight transfer for for him from Atlanta to St. Louis for him to be closer to his family because that's where his family wanted him. So essentially it bought him some extra time to sort of have that closure with his family. Hey, so um, far as that goes, that I'm, I'm almost 99.99999% sure that wasn't WWE that did that. That was Vince McMahon personally. Uh, it's just like it's not really, um, you know, as a company, like as right, a corporate like company. Out of, out of it's a little, pocket. yeah, that I, I almost guarantee you that came out of his own pocket. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't even have you mention that on the show today, except for you know, uh, people, um, you know, we're always ready to criticize Vince McMahon and plenty of shit to do that over like over the years but uh i mean I, I, for a lot of us but um especially events uh love you vince uh anyways it, vince does all kinds of shit like that i mean i have ex- experiences in my life that where he stepped up for me and none of it is for a pat on the back it's never anything that i mean um 
you've never heard him say, well, I did this for this guy. I did, it's just, it's not his style. And doing that kind of thing is. Um, yeah. Well, one of the things that I had always known was obviously is that Harley Race is not only very, very respected within, was very respected within the business, but Vince always respected Harley Race as well. So I think that's, you know, that's one of the things yeah. that I thought about when I heard this story mm -hmm. about them paying for yeah. his medical transfer. And, and, you know, so there was, I'm not going to get into it because, you know, like, and I say this whenever somebody passes, uh, you know, if you want to really hear like a breakdown of their career and like all of that, like. No one really does a better job than Dave Meltzer on that shit. So, uh, mm -hmm. um, they did do, he did do a Wrestling Observer radio show oh, on this. Yeah. And yeah. this, when the, I'm assuming obviously when the Observer comes out this week, that he'll have a more bio, mm. biographical, bio, I can't even say biographical. That biographical. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> a more better explanation of his career and that stuff. But I was actually listening to yeah. that earlier today. So, um, when, when I was growing up, uh, Ric Flair was my world champion, but Harley became the champion again and then dropped it back to Rick at Starcade in 1983. Mm -hmm. And um, and that, so a lot of, I got to see Harley race one time, uh, defend the world title against Dusty at the Bayfront Center in St. Pete, Florida when I was a kid. And... Uh, and you just when you heard Gordon Soley talk about Harley Race and um, wow, um, you know he was this folk hero. Even though he was like a villain, you know he was like this wasn't really like ever a straight up villain. Um, this is just my memory of sure. him, you know. Um, and there was just this this respect. For for Harley Race for the name Harley, well, it's the, one of the coolest names ever. By right. the way, like he was, his mom, you know, he was he was given that name. Like he didn't have to come up with it, right? Like, you know, Dusty Rhodes is a really cool name too, but Dusty can't, you know, right, his yeah. mama didn't give him that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, you just saw Dusty, and you hear everyone talk about him and uh, and hold him in such high regard, and just like like I was saying, the way Gordon Soley would talk about him, and seven times world champion, and um, and and the way he talked, uh, and the sound of his voice, and the cadence of the way he talked, and you know uh, how much he loved being the world champion, you know. Uh, Rick, well, Nate will tell you like he was the greatest world champion ever, mm -hmm. and he was the last. I, you know, that's nice of Nate, but honestly, like Nate was right up there with him in that of regard. Course. Like Nate did all the traveling and had to go make all these people look good that really weren't very good, right? You know, uh, and that was Har Harley's. Um, that was Harley's deal too. And, um, uh, I heard Jim Cornette actually say. Something, because I mean, once when the, when the news came, I just started going down like a Harley Race rabbit hole, and, mm -hmm. you know, looking at some things I hadn't seen in years or never seen, or like footage of stuff that I I was there when I was a kid. But you know, um, anyways. But uh, Cornette had like um, it was interesting how he put it because it's true when. You know, a lot of the fans back at the time they they shortchanged Harley because 
he made the guy he was wrestling look like the greatest wrestler in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he was the greatest, but he made the other guy. So it was always like, oh, how come he couldn't be, you know? Like, you always wondered sometimes, how come, you know, God, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the thing, what, what Jimmy said. Um, and uh, um, all the stories I heard, you know, because, okay, so I'm friends with um, with Kurt Hattig and, and Kurt's, Kurt's dad, Larry the Axe Hattig, and, and Harley were partners, and... And so, and I also came up around Eddie Sharkey and Eddie and Harley. They knew each other really well, and um, yeah, everyone just they they all say the same thing about him: just tough as nails, and you know, was, uh, he had the grip strength. You know, like, I mean, I there's a story one time of him bending somebody's ring. He like shook somebody's hand and bent their ring around their finger. And, oh, shit. I don't know. Uh, I wasn't around Harley. I, I was around him a couple of times here and there, and he was so cool. It was just really cool to be in, you know, his presence. And um, also, uh, like one of my last memories of Harley is, uh, I think we were in New Orleans. I think it was WrestleMania, New Orleans. Hmm. Last time I was there, um, Scott and I saw Harley, and you know, Harley took a picture with us, and you know, he was in a wheelchair. And, uh, so we, you know, we bent down to take a picture with him. He's like, "Oh, fuck that!" He goes, "No way!" You know, he got he made he got up out of the chair. Right. Yeah. He's like, "Uh, uh, uh." <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I I just but the more more people like Harley and different guys are uh, uh, we're losing them and. Uh, I know, you know, I'm getting old too. You know, pretty soon I'm going to be there. <laughs> That's just the way it is, you know. And uh, and, and you know, I think about oh, well, um, um, because I remember 20, 30 years ago, wondering what it was going to be like to be here now. Mm-hmm. What was this going to be like? Um, so it fucking goes quick, you guys. <laughs> You know, I'll be there pretty soon. Like it's way sooner than I want. So, uh, and we all will. And uh, uh, I don't know. I hope uh, when it's all done, like I can say I lived this fucking cool life as Harley Race did. Right. You know. Um, he loved to smoke cigarettes. He loved to drink beer, and he loved to drive fast. And he liked to do them all at the same fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's from from the way that you talk about him and from the way that everyone talks about him, it definitely seems like there's this weight and there's this gravitas there. Yeah. It's it's like you said, he was like a folk legend, yes. you know. And he and he did things in the ring like his his work was so it was different. It was, he was a lefty. He was a left-hand guy, he was a southpaw. So he threw these lefts and and it's a, it's really odd looking. Because most guys are obviously right-handed, right. so you always see in right-handed punches. And that's really odd when you see a left-handed guy throw a punch. And just also sometimes he would hit the ropes, kind of weird. Uh, and and it was so cool though. And 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 Harley, he was a big dude, man. And he would uh, he would manage to throw a leapfrog in there any chance he got. I, I mean, I was putting a uh, I put a tweet out like Harley did a great leapfrog. 
and he fucking did, and like it's never talked about, and it's not one of those things anybody would talk about, right? But it's one of the things I noticed. And he dropped a fucking amazing knee, and it was a left. Mm -hmm. He dropped the left knee on the guy's head, you know, and you never seen that. It was always somebody dropping the right knee. Um, um, in amazing matches. Okay, so he went and and he had a great match with uh, Bob Backlund, title versus title in Madison Square Garden. They were like 30, 40 minutes. I mean, they started off at a hell of a pace. Um, and and Bob, as crazy he was, like he could be challenging for certain people. Like if you couldn't wrestle, like. You're in trouble in there having a match with Bob. Like, because you got to kind of wrestle. Like, you actually have to wrestle when you work with Bob. But, uh, um, yeah. Uh, matches. Okay, you had a match in Japan. Well, tons of great matches in Japan. But uh, one I'm thinking of is versus former AWA champion Jumbo Tsuruda. Mm -hmm. um, I, look, great stuff with. Um, I seen him have great matches with all the Von Eric, like Kevin Von Eric, David Von Eric, and Kerry Von Eric. I mean, there's, there were more Von Erichs, of but, course. You know, I mean, they were the hot ones at the mm -hmm. time. Um, Barry Wyndham, just you know, God. Hey, do you, Lou, snowing, do you want to talk about maybe how one of the things that I think was really cool when I was looking back at his career was the fact that when he was champion, and I know his, uh, I had his peak here, at, at, during 1977 and 1981, he was a top professional wrestler, tra traveling world champion, going everywhere, yes. all to the NWA territories. He was in North America, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, Mexico, but this was during a time where if a promotion had you as a champion, you had to be a legitimate tough guy. You yeah, because they'll so, take the belt off you. They've they've double cross kind of like the th you know the Montreal thing. Except exactly. for I mean that was, you know, if a guy gets you in a, in a submission hold, like you know, like sometimes being a tough guy isn't even enough. Because somebody just grab a hold on you and the ref go, oh, you gave up. Ring the fucking bell. Right. You know. So, yeah. But I, I never heard anyone. I never heard anyone. I heard a story that Flair told about him slapping. Jumbo Taruda or something in the locker room, but like I never, I never heard of like Harley, like I never heard anyone challenging him in the ring or anything along those lines. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't done, you know? right? Right. So, and um, one of the one of the interesting stories that I did also read was the pack, the part where he was kept away from Hulk Hogan until Vince could actually trust him not to, you know go in there and beat him up or something yeah. like that, you know? And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, at that point, obviously, you know, they wanted to, you know, have Hogan as a draw and keep yes. him as a draw. But I just thought, like, how, how interesting that is that, you know? I just watched that match last night. And, yeah. So that would have been the concern, and especially from Hulkster, right? And then, so, in classic, uh, um, Harley Race fashion, like, you know, he could go out there and just eat his lunch if he wanted to. If you go back and watch the King Harley Race versus Hulk, I think it was from Saturday night's main event. Mm -hmm. Harley is all over that fucking ring bouncing around <laughs> for Hulk. And, and great. And, I mean, he even, like, lays down and has Hulk stand over him and rip the shirt, like, and just basically... 
you know, every, like like the kind of things you would think that wouldn't happen in a match with Hulk mm -hmm. and Harley. And Harley was about as professional as you could be out there. That was the guy that was making the money, and we're going to make him look great. And fucking Harley made him look like a billion dollars. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. And it's... I feel like uh, Harley gets talked about so much for being, you know, one of those old school guys. But I feel like having invented something like the diving headbutt, you know, something like that was also probably a little bit ahead of its time as well. Yeah, yeah. he uh, was guy, he was a guy that other people criticized. Mm -hmm. Like I just read something, and and I remember it back when when Gotch said it. Gotch was criticizing him in a got Carl Gotch mm -hmm. criticizing him in a you know an interview he did in like 1990. Right. Um, you know, like that, you know, that these guys nowadays killing the business shit, right? <laughs> right. Can right. you imagine somebody was saying that about Harley? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? Back in my day. Yeah, and, and yes, Harley wasn't a classic wrestler. Mm -hmm. He wasn't. He wasn't a class, you know, he didn't wrestle in college, high school, not like that. He was fighting people. Yeah. When other, pe other kids were in high school and college, he was like fighting people for right. money. And, you know, so, uh, yeah, I was. I had a thought and I lost it. But well, another fun fact. Well, when you imagine know, that. <laughs> there's just there's so much. Like I have like so much on that I was just like amazed about. You know, going back and reading about his career. So in St. Louis, when St. Louis was essentially the Cadillac of wrestling, you know, the it town for NWA territories. He was Sam Mushnick's biggest star. Yeah. And it's just like, imagine being the biggest star also, you know, with Sam Mushnick is like a really big deal at this point in time. So it's just like very interesting to me that that this was part of, you know, his career. Mm, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, whoa, another fun fact here really quickly, actually, is he is actually a part of the, he was a part of the NOAA board of directors. Masala respected him so much that he put him on the board of directors. Oh, wow. Okay. So I got yeah. that. I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And then mm. also, I was going back and I was watching the promo, the one with Ric Flair about the $25,000 yes. bounty. And again, it goes back to the fact that people were watching this and thinking, oh, man, like the heels are really going to go after get Ric Flair and, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. So I was. That was great. That was in mid Atlantic. And it was, uh, yeah, leading up to, to Flair. Uh, um, Flair versus Harley, Flair for the gold, I think they called it, and, uh, um, uh, oh, shit. Yeah, no, they, so they put a bounty out, and, um, and so here comes Dick Slater and Bob Orton Jr. to try to collect, pile dri double pile driver, it was all just great, because I remember it, so, like, going back and watching that the other night is something I remember when it aired, like on TV in Saturday morning, and I'm actually watching that, right? So it's really cool to go back and watch some things that you like vividly remember. Sure, yeah. Right? Like, cause there's a lot of memories that, you know, are stored in our brains, mm -hmm. right? As a child, that are just like so, like, um, just so many, right? And it's right. like, unless you have a specific point like that you can dial in on, it's like there's no way you can remember all that shit. But yeah. then something just brings me like back to, you know, that and it, and it was just like I remembered all of it. Yeah, definitely. It was crazy. He was I like just very methodical it. too, like you know, with the way he delivered yes, what he said. To, oh yes, he talked like that and he worked like that. 
You would never see Harley rushing anything. Mm -hmm. It was all easily digestible wrestling content when Harley Race was in the ring. So, yeah. All right. Love you, Harley. Um, I just, I'm not even trying to do this as a Harley Race tribute mm. show because I can't do it justice. Um, I, uh, um, I want to, I want to, um, um, sincere condolences to, uh, to Joe Hennig. Joe was really close with Harley. He looked up to Harley as like a father figure, mm -hmm. uh, because of the obvious relationship, you know, that Harley and, and his grandfather had. And, and I know he's taken this hard and, uh, Joe's a great guy. And, uh, his I'm public sorry. memorial service is being held Sunday. Okay. So, all right, that's, I think that's about it. I, but I, I just want to encourage everybody to uh, to go look up some Harley Race and and spend a spend a little a little time, you know, going down a Harley Race rabbit hole. Yeah, absolutely. If you've if you've never been down, if you've never uh, if you're not familiar with him, you know, just I just there's just no way there could ever be another one like right, like exactly. Harley, like like yeah, no. So, all right, that's enough from that one. All right, let's, uh, so move on. let's go ahead and talk about some AEW news. news. There's actually a lot to talk about. First of all, congratulations to them. They sold out their TV debut on October 2nd, their October 2nd event in Washington, D.C. Uh, last I heard, they sold over 9,000 tickets in two hours. I know that the arena seats 20,000 for basketball and about 18,000 for hockey, so I'm yeah. not entirely too sure how much it holds for wrestling, but those are some of the ranges of numbers that you can see there. Um, some, other some other things to know is that they are also crowned their first women's champion on their TNT premiere, okay. so that should be fun. Um, the belt is to be unveiled on August 31st on their All Out show. And then last week we did have, uh, we had Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy here, and they did talk about Marco Stunt. Yeah. And so Marco Stunt is officially signed with AEW. Before yeah. I kind of dive into uh, some other stuff that happened with Marco Stunt, just really quick, Episode 2 is has been announced. It's going to be in Boston. Episode 3 will be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Hmm. But Really quick, let's talk about... Uh, so they're going to do a, a different venue every week, and yes. every week's going to be live, so it's not like oh, one, one live show and one tape show, nothing like that. That's expensive right. as fuck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I know they've talked about how at, at least the, the hope is that it'll be easier on the guys since they're, only, they're mm -hmm. basically doing yeah. one show a week, you know, only yeah. traveling to one town. But one of the things is that, you know, obviously I feel like this debut show definitely had to be sold out. Like, I had no doubts that this one, the first one, would be sold out. So, I don't know. Are any surprises? Or did you guys also ex expect that to happen, considering? Oh, I did. I I did. And 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 eventually, the... I'm going to say the buzz, because, like, the buzz is going to be there, but just, okay, the buzz to where we got, like... It's not gonna. It's not. Every show is not gonna sell out in you know first day. I mean, mm -hmm. it's eventually it's gonna, right? You know, level off a little bit. But um, um, no, I, I I figured it would be another situation like this. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. think. I, I don't think, think it's the... even close to. Uh, I mean, they 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 haven't had their first show yet. You know. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, um. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see once once it does kind of taper off like that where the sort of consistent point lies, you know, if it's on the higher end of things. Mm -hmm. uh, so that'll be interesting to see. And so there was talk about how they would maybe 
do their shows from medium-sized venues, and then I, I, I read something that contradicted that, that uh, maybe they're going to try to keep. What do you, you think know? would be the right call, a mixture? Um, it depends. I, I like the look of the big arenas if they if they're I mean even if they're not completely sold mm-hmm. uh, you know WWE makes it look just fine in an are- in, a, in a major arena with eight ten thousand people in it sure because even if it's not a major arena let's say it's a smaller city smaller town etc because these people maybe not always get the big promotions yeah. having them come down here could be like a very easy like ticket sale like okay sure. there's nothing going on in this city yeah. let's go ahead and give wrestling some yeah. try especially for some maybe some of the casual fans mm. if so there's smaller arenas that still look like big arenas on tv like the one i for instance, the one I talk about that you know I grew up going to and the first match I saw in the Bayfront Center Arena, it was sold like seven, seven between seven and eight thousand people mm-hmm. capacity, which is not a big arena, right? right? But back at the time, it seemed like it and sure. it looked like it on TV. Like it just it looked like if it was packed, you couldn't really tell. You know, it still looked like a major. You know, major league event. Of course, yeah. yeah. And then there are some that could have the same capacity. That's just the way they're set up and the way the buildings, the venues laid out. Like it, it looks like shit on TV. Yeah. You know, it just depends. Mm-hmm. All right. And I think they should be really like mindful of how a venue looks on TV. I don't think people put enough stock into that because, and I know sometimes I, you know, um, like I, I enjoy watching MLW's TV, but when they do it from Melrose Ballroom in New York, I think it looks like shit. Right. Just being honest with you. Yeah. And when they do it from Chicago, it looks great. Some of the venues look great, but like that Melrose Ballroom, that looks terrible on TV. Well, for AW, it was the Fighter Fest, right, where they did kind of like that, that outdoor. Looked that great. looked cool. That so good. And part of it was how they shot it too, and like the where they had the cameras and yeah. So yeah. All right. Uh, but, okay, so earlier I mentioned, you know, Marco Stunt signing with AEW. Super mm. awesome. Obviously, a lot of people very excited for him. Yeah. So we did have somebody on social media kind of go on a rant about this. His name is Gunnar Miller. Yeah. So apparently. His heart. <laughs> he called out AEW for signing Marco Stunt and actually said it was a slap in the face. He said that when he was a kid, that he grew up idolizing people like The Rock, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, mm. Goldberg. And then he basically said that the major promotions go out and sign this five foot two, 115 pound guy, and said that six year old, and I quote, a guy that six year old me laughs at. He literally said that about Marcus okay. Stunt because of his size and his weight. And um, Nick Jackson did respond to this. He basically said, "Congrats, Marcus Stunt, and you're way better than that Gunner guy." Gunner guy. Yeah. Uh, hey, look. I can I can understand when you've put a ton of work into something like he says he did, and I don't I don't doubt that he did and has, and that's great. And um, uh, when I read about this, I was like, like I wasn't familiar with the name, but and so I kind of looked it up, and then I I, I looked up uh, you know a couple videos because I wanted to see like. Okay, and this guy's, um, 
you know, if he's going to be casting shade like this, you know, and, and look, the variety is the spice of life. Like, there's different spot. Like, do you really want the Marco stunt spot? Like, because right. I don't think that spot is going to be in the world title match. Yeah. Just being honest with you. But it's good to have, you know, um, all different f- varieties and flavors on your show. Yeah. Uh, the problem with... Look... The guy, what's his name again? Gunner Miller. Yeah. So, he's not bad at all. He's just fine, you know, uh, and he's got a look that is just fine. It's just that it's about a million other people in the industry have that same look, mm. okay? And I, I, I heard the promos, and there's nothing that's, st- they're good promos, good promos. Just nothing that stands out as special. Generic. And yeah, it's just it's just they're fine. Right. It, it, okay, it's like the guy, like you know, would be just fine holding the championship of an independent promotion. Does that make sense to you? Sure. Right. But it's like, man, Gunner. Hey, look, I get it. I get the frustration, but man, look for it's just. That's a really bad look, for one thing. Like, it's just like, oh, it's just like, you know, you're not, I guarantee you, you're not the only one that saw that and felt that way, but it's just not everyone cried about it in public, you know? And and sometimes we got to take a look at it in the mirror and go, well, what can I do to make myself stand, make myself stand out more? And, and you know, uh, what can I do to up my game in the ring and promos or you know maybe change my look up because I look like about a million other people in the industry right like that's the issue for me yeah you know f- and let's be are they? like some some honesty with oneself goes a long way when it comes to something like that mm-hmm. so but it's just interesting to me is that you know obviously we've seen certain wrestlers that have gotten signed throughout the years different promotions and you think oh man that guy got signed oh I thought that guy was actually better right okay but here's the thing though is that he could be mad about any of those guys though he could be mad at whoever is on that roster because maybe he thinks he deserves that spot more than that guy but why specifically pick on Marco Stunt because of his size that to me just shows that he doesn't have confidence within himself because Marco Stunt has everything going up against him you know he's a smaller guy etc etc you would think like maybe obviously Marco Stone probably saw these same guys that he saw and thought man I might not have a shot ever and look at him where he got and now this guy is just essentially burying him because of his size like that to me is kind of like all right dude now you're just using this as an excuse for why you're not in a position like Marco Stunt but, I mean, people have been using that argument for years, you know? Like, oh, he's not a believable wrestler because he's not big enough, you know? Oh, I wouldn't <clears> buy <throat> him kicking anyone's ass. People have been using that argument against small guys for years and years and years in wrestling, and it's never held any weight. It holds, it holds weight if a guy's... It depends. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Some small guys shouldn't be in there because right. they don't have anything... They don't have any offense that uh, is believable that can get a guy in trouble. Um, so unless they're working with another guy their size, you know, like so I get it. But uh, and and like like I was saying earlier, it's not it's 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 a different. It's not the spot that right. Like I said, it's, it's not like Marco's not going to be the AEW champion yeah. ever. It's it's and the, I'm not. I don't mean anything by that. Mm-hmm. You know, like 
But it's that it's that three ring circus analogy. Wrestling's a three ring yeah. circus. There's the acrobats and there's the you know line tamer yeah. and all that so stuff. So Gunner, like, like go back and, and um, you know get a game plan, figure out what you got to do to you know get people's attention besides whining, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, sh- I'm sure you're not gonna when you hear this. If you do, you're not gonna like what I'm right. saying. But man, like. Yeah, either uh, fix a problem or go find something else to do. Honestly. Yeah. But does this now leave a sour note to promoters? You know, obviously. Yes, absolutely it does. Oh, yes. When they Google his name, this is going to be the first thing that comes up now. Absolutely, because there's been conversations I've had with certain people. You know, that we've talked about it. Like, it was a topic of conversation. People are rolling their eyes at that. And you know, some people even have anyway, whatever. Just I don't even know the guy. I just media. I might have met him. Like that's just it. I might have met him. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. No, he's just whining in public. He's just venting, and I get it. I get it. I get it. It's yeah. just like, yeah, and. And he was being 100% honest, and that's, you know. But sometimes there's no room for that kind of honesty no, on there's social not. media. Yeah, sometimes it works against you. Or, or, yes. I mean, or, or, or there is, but then you just got to, you know, pay the consequences. Right, just like exactly. when any idiot, like free speech or whatever, but there are consequences, like depending on what you say, you know, social consequences. Sure. So. Right. Okay, well, moving on, totally opposite story. Well, I spent way too much time talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but now we have a good story. So, well, I mean, not a good story, but I guess you can kind of say a good story. Okay, so as we know, you know, in this past weekend, there was two major mass shootings, both in Dayton, Ohio, and El Paso, Texas. So very, you know, sad, hard time right now for everybody. Um, I guess you can say this is somewhat of a, you know, obviously a heroic story. Definitely. So Jeremy Ganger, who is an independent wrestler in the Ohio area, yeah. um, he actually worked at the Ned Peppers Bar in Dayton, Ohio, where the shooting occurred, one of the shootings occurred. And it was noted that he actually stopped the shooter at the door before he could get inside. So, who knows how many lives that guy saved? Exactly. Wow. Total opposite story mm. from the last time we just talked. Yeah. Two guys in the indie scene doing different things. I mean, yeah. obviously different scenarios, mm-hmm. but you get me. Wow. I I don't want to go like I don't know who who he is. Jeremy. Jeremy Ganger. Ganger. G A N G E R. Yeah, but I, I'm grateful for the guy. Like you know. Um, mm. I'm not as grateful as the people that were in that bar. Uh, I need like good. Hey, thank you, Jeremy. That's it. I, yeah. I don't even know what to say, man. You're a hero, and uh, you should be honored. And so, right now, I'm honoring you, man. Hell in the job. So I know that according to the bar staff, they did say that he is going to be okay. I think he has good. a shrapnel-related shrapnel, in- yeah. shrapnel-related injury. I'm not. I'm not sure what that is. It's like it's like pieces of metal. pieces of metal when like that come out of a. Okay. It's not the bullet. I, I, okay. I've never been hit with. I don't have any shrapnel in me, so it's I'm not an expert on. Right, it. right. And I did see that on Twitter, Wrestling <laughs> Travel did post that they're going to be giving him VIP passes to uh, Starcast and AEW's All mm. Out. 
So yeah. that's just a small little way to say thank you, and I think that's really cool mm-hmm. and should be talked about. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and move on then. Uh, do you want to jump into Raw, or do we want to jump into the NXT TakeOver uh, preview? The only thing on Raw I want to mention is the Goldberg uh, Dolph thing. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Goldberg got a good reaction coming out, right? Yeah. 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 So, um, so that's a good sign for me. That means like this thing very well may work. Sure. As uh, as as planned, as designed. Yeah, and I there think, was a yeah. concern I had with people kind of maybe seeing through this a little bit. Oh, I see. And going, oh, they just kind of have like, you know, I'm just running through Dolph, and so he, you know, can. Right up into the sunset and not have to hang his hat on that fucking Saudi thing. Right, right. And and that's what this is. But sure. I, it's, but as long as people dig it, exactly. Because it'll yeah. be really good as long as people dig it. It seems like yeah. It seems like even if people yeah. do know that, it's not making yeah. it any less effective. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Dolph's gonna bump his ass off for yeah. for Goldberg in there. So yeah. good pick for an opponent in terms of Dolph. Sure. Yeah. Because I mean, hell, when it was Goldberg and and Kevin Owens at Mania, mm-hmm. I mean, that was a hell of a match. Um, so I would like to see Dolph win this. I, I think that would that. be a good gesture. It would, it would definitely be unexpected. I was thinking about yes. that for sure. Yeah. Since this is a work and everything, and, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, one shouldn't have too big of an ego. Sure. Right? Maybe uh, it would be good to give back to the business and, you know, leave Dolph better off than, uh, you know, when he uh, when he started that, yeah, because I think that character Matt, could get a lot of mileage angel. out of that. Yeah. All right. I guess nobody else wants to chime in well, on that I'm one. Just, I'm just thinking <laughs> Maybe that. because like the chances of that happening are <laughs> slim I'm just thinking uh, that because you know the fans know what Goldberg can do. You know, go in, have this quick match. You know, do what he does best, and so I think that's kind of like what maybe the majority of the fans are expecting mm. and maybe want. I don't know if maybe a lot of people, at least I haven't heard or I don't know, if people want to see Dolph Ziggler win. So that's why it was like a very like interesting take for me because I didn't expect I didn't expect you to say that. But I think I think that's what would get him the most heat. I think if yep. if Goldberg beats the hell out of him, goes in for a spear, and then Dolph just turns it into a small package at the last second, something like that, um, that character would never, you would never ever hear the end of it. I think I think that could uh, that could go a long way. I don't think that's that's what'll happen, but I think that would be cool. Right. Like in terms of moving the story forward and moving, you know, moving the process. Yeah, because Dolph's the one that's going to yeah, be sticking exactly. around. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's go ahead and talk over a uh, talk about NXT Takeover in Toronto. Let's go over some of the matches, maybe some of the ones that you're looking forward to. Uh, let's kick it off with Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Two out of three falls for the NXT Championship. Yeah, and not only that, but each each fall is going to be a different type of match as well. Uh, first fall just straight up. Second fall street fight. If it goes to the third Regal's choice, um, I think yeah, it's the main event of Takeover consistently steals really the whole weekend. So I don't think this will be any different. Cole Gargano. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've yeah. proven themselves in the past. I yeah. I don't know what this. I can't add anything to. The, I mean. Plus, you know, I, I was there for the TVs leading all up into this. So this actually, the more I'm. Thinking of all this, it's like mm. kind of seems like old to me. Oh, right. You know, that, that was a fucking month ago. Yeah. So long ago. Well, anything interesting that you maybe noticed <clears throat> while you were down at the I know about some any things that I'm not saying. Okay. All right. Well, then moving on, then uh, we also have the Street Profits uh, versus Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish of the Undisputed Era for the NXT tag titles. Any thoughts on that? Well, that'll be fun. I think they've had some 
chances uh, on live events to kind of, to work with each other and you know have some matches out there, try some different things out, what works, what doesn't. Right. I think spe- specifically, I'd love to see Kyle O'Reilly and Montez Ford how they kind of bounce off of each other in there. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right. And then we also have Velveteen Dream versus Pete Dunn versus Roderick Strong for the NXT North American title. Oh, yeah. Thoughts? No, I mean, just like, wow. I don't know how this, I don't know how this, uh, what are we calling this right now? Preview. 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 Yeah, yeah not the greatest, yes. right? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, like all it is win. is you go like, hey, what do you think of this one? Oh, it's going to be great. Okay, next one, what do you think? Oh, it's going to be great. Oh, fuck, everybody. Well, is there Say, any everybody, sometimes it's really hard to make this sound like, you know. Sure. What am I trying to say? Let's move on, uh, then. Are you rooting yeah. for any of these guys, maybe in particular, somebody you'd like to see, you know, get over because, you know, you're a fan of theirs or et cetera? Mm. I don't know. Like, let's give, let's, Pete Dunne. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, he had such I don't a want to run. see Pete Dunne win that. Yeah. I don't know why. I just, he's great. Absolutely, yeah. Fucking I think great. Pete he had, Dunn's he had great. such a, a good long run with the UK title that, yeah. that yeah, I'd love to see him with the North American belt, for sure. Okay. Uh, Shayna versus Mia for the women's title. Oh, yeah. Mm. I'm wondering if, mm. if this is when they're finally going to gonna take the uh, take the title off of Shayna. You think it's Ooh. time? Because it's just, it's been, it's been, it's been a really, really good reign, mm. but each time you wonder, I don't, I don't know if Mia's going to be that person, though. It might be time. I'm just not sure if it's time for Mia. Right. 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 Exactly. Not that it won't be, but I'm not sure if, if now is the time. Right. Just maybe not yet. Yeah. How long has Shayna held the bout now? Now, do we have an estimate of time? God, I want to say it's close. It might be close to a year, but I can't. She I don't know. dropped it for a minute to Kari Sane and then got it back. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Very briefly. Yeah. 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 Because I, I, I'm just like a fan of the long reign. So for me, like. Like, even though, like, you might think, like, oh, it's time. I'm like, nah, keep it longer. Yeah. But you think right. it's time? Keep going. That's right. <laughs> you know, like, hold yeah. it a little bit longer, even that, if you think it's time. That women's championship in NXT, is that means something. Right. There's some there's some value to that championship. Right. Like, not just, you know, uh, a prop to carry to the ring with you. Like, right. the championship <laughs> means something. Yeah, there's still prestige there. And yeah. they do, like... For the most part, like all the NXT titles do. They've right. done a great job of making the, the championship mean something. Yeah, they're not really the ones to use that kind of that hot shot sort of title reign. No. no. All right, and lastly, Candice LeRae and Io Shirai in a singles match. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they was the build, like, like they built that out from the cage match. Right, right, where Io turned on, on yeah. Candice afterwards. Yeah, and I like I like Io's uh, character work as a heel. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny watching her at the uh, you know at the NXT tapings and like even at the performance center, um, working on different things and trying to trying to figure out what you know what a, a heel EO heel EO <laughs> would be. Sure, I think she, I mean it's, I mean she was. Even like came out with different gear, like she was wearing like all black, and oh, it was completely, completely different. I mean, music. I think she just did that on her own. I don't think anyone told her to either. Interesting. Actually, I know she did. Right. I know for a fact she did. So, um, well, that'd be really good too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, this whole card is is looking. It's nice to see, and they got a, they got they have a decent amount of ladies down there in NXT, right? Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that you don't just have uh, like one spot for the ladies. It's like it could. And then having everybody. If else the ladies are in. all killing it, maybe they can. You know, three ladies matches and two men, right? Yeah. Like. There's no set, like, oh, this is the spot for the ladies, right? Right, exactly. The fact that I love that there's a there's a women's match that isn't for the title, that isn't about, oh, just one person's jealous mm-hmm. than the other. Like, it's no. a legitimate grudge match between girls that can beat the hell out of each other. Right. So they've, I think they've done... So the reason why it's kind of got weird to me, like, talking about this is, like I said... All this stuff, like I was there for all the tapings, but it was so long ago in my head. Right. These these days, like you know, if like something was last week, it's like, oh my god, that was ages ago. Mm-hmm. So, you're like, so much has happened since that. Lot. Everything just moves so fast. A lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what else? Anything else on there? Um, that's it. We covered all of that. Right. It's pretty much all. I think is that stuff. everything. Yeah. What time is it, just Jeff? Not- what time is it around here, man? Oh, I wow. think we're good. Hell yeah. I think everyone that's listening and watching um, could take this, you know, if, if the show was an hour, like, we're going to give you 15 minutes back and you could use it to do something great with there. your day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> look, look up some Harley Race matches. <laughs> so, thank you. I appreciate everyone stopping by. Um, this was, you know, a shorter episode. Unfortunately, you know, we had to. Talk about Harley's passing, you know, uh, and all that. But but I think I hope you enjoyed it, everyone. Good stuff out of it, yeah. So, uh, joy, watch me on. Watch me. <laughs> you can find me on social media. Twitter is at the Real Xbox. Instagram is just at Real Xbox. Go ahead, you guys. All right, guys. And then don't forget to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at xpoc12360. Also, don't forget to download us on Spotify, Anchor. We're on Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Search for us on your favorite platform. And then as for me, you guys can follow me at underscore Denise Salcedo. Also, August 17th and 18th, I will be at Expo Lucha in San Diego. So make sure to check that out, www.expolucha.com. Oh, yeah. I'll be at Steel City Con this, in Pittsburgh uh, this weekend. Friday and Saturday. There you go. Come find me. Nice. Uh, you can find me online at Ty Matthews PMA. All right. I think that's it. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us right here from AfterBuzz TV Studios. North Hollywood. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Sean Waltman, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, thank you for tuning in to X-Pac 12360.